glory of what you've done. Amen. You can be seated. turn with me to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. As we enter into uh, this day, Resurrection Sunday, it's important for us to understand that the resurrection story is more than just a story. The resurrection is a paradigm-shattering historical event. It's an event that literally changed humanity, changed the world. However, there is the story of the resurrection, and there is your story of the risen Christ. I love the theme that we've chosen for Passion Week this year. I love to tell the story because it's a wonderful story to tell. It's a wonderful story to see the great love that God has for us, that he sent his son as the sacrifice for us because all of us are broken, all of us are lost, and all need a savior. And so the series, the story of Easter is actually a series of stories. And so we're going to unpack these today. And so we're so grateful that you're here. If you were watching online, uh, we understand it's cold and yucky. It feels a little bit more like Christmas out there than Easter, but, um, but we're so glad that you're joining us today. In the Easter story, there's a story of the tomb in Luke chapter 24, verse one through eight. Andrew uh, read this earlier. I want to read a passage of that, just a, a snippet of that again, if you'll allow me. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, prepared for his burial, by the way. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened, they bowed their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. Let us pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day. And in these moments, may you open the eyes of our hearts that we may see you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You see, in this part of the story, it's the story of the tomb. The women went after, after days passed by. It was a Passover. They weren't allowed to uh, do any work. But after the Passover ended, the women came 
to the tomb to prepare the body with the spices and everything that they uh, needed to do. And as they got there, the stone was rolled away, and they see these guys. They see the, the angels there, and they're like freaking out and wondering what in the world would happen. The tomb was empty. They were surprised. And the angels said, why are you looking for the dead, for the living among the dead? They were surprised, but they shouldn't have been. They were told. And can I first start today, before we jump into anything else, to say, church, Christians who are here, those who follow Jesus, it's time for us to understand, to, to believe what we are told. If we would just believe what God said, how much heartbreak would we be spared? All of that was left was a borrowed tomb and a death shroud, and that was exchanged for a kingly robe. The tomb was empty. What a story. What an incredible story. If that was the sum total of the story, that would be worth telling. But that's not all. There's also the story of the road. In Luke 24, 13 through 35, we're not going to read all this. I'll just recap it. And just to kind of review what happened. Remember Palm Sunday, Jesus comes in on the colt. And, you know, the symbolism of the king of kings coming in and everyone is shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they're putting down the palms and they're putting down the cloaks and people are rejoicing because the Messiah, the king, has come. And in the midst of that time, Jesus then gets captured. He is uh, uh, beaten. And then as the Romans bring him forward, the same crowds that were ch chanting Hosanna were now chanting crucify, crucify, crucify. And so Jesus was then flogged and then taken to cross and crucified. All of this happened. And so everyone, as you can imagine, is a buzz, is talking about this going on. And so you have these two guys on the road to Emmaus and Jesus appeared saying, hey, what's all this commotion about? They did not recognize him, and they told him, are you, are you kidding me? Are, have you not, have you been under a rock or something? <laughs> kind of funny, under a rock, okay, anyway. Uh, but how, how do you not know what's going on? And so they told him about what's going on, and as they were, as they were walking, Jesus began telling them, sharing the events, he began telling them why that had to happen. And as the day turned to evening, they decided to eat dinner, and and when they broke bread, finally the guy's eyes were opened and they recognized Jesus and Jesus vanished from their sight. But I love the response. Guys, listen to this response. I love It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. After they recognized Jesus, Jesus disappeared. They looked at one another and they said, did our hearts not burn when he revealed the scriptures? They're like... I mean, were you not on fire when Jesus, when, when this guy we didn't recognize was Jesus, was sharing the word of God and how all of these things from Genesis all the way to now, all of these things had to happen in order for salvation to come, for the kingdom of God to come to fruition. These things had to happen. And Jesus began sharing the word. And they said, did your hearts not burn when he shared that with us? Through the Holy Spirit, God, through the Holy Spirit, God is still opening our eyes to Scripture. 
Scripture says over and over again, for those who have ears to hear, let them hear. You see, there are some of us that are still closed off to God's Word. We still read it like a textbook. We read it like a fantasy novel. We read it like just another book in a series of books. And though we're, the Holy Spirit has not yet opened our eyes to the Scriptures, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you will just allow your eyes to be opened, your ears to be opened to the Holy Spirit and what God is teaching you through His Word, it's going to blow your mind. I've heard it put like this, Emmaus never happened, Emmaus always happens. Meaning, this was more than just a one-time event. We all have our Emmaus story when we're confronted by Jesus, when that which is confusing is illuminated by the Holy Spirit, when you're looking at the Bible and you're just trying to, you're stewing through the information, you're stewing through the facts, and then one day the Holy Spirit opens your eyes and all of a sudden that which is confusing becomes real. And that's the Holy Spirit opening up your eyes. That's the Holy Spirit illuminating you to the truth of God. On our journey, in our story, God reveals himself to you, just like he did in the Emmaus Road. Richard Blackaby says that God reveals himself in a couple of different ways. He reveals himself through the Bible. He reveals himself through prayer. Sometimes he reveals himself through circumstances. Maybe you're striving, maybe you're working through something, and God will just through a circumstance show himself to you. Or maybe it's just through his ways. But the important thing is we need to pay attention. We need to pray for God to open up our eyes. We need to pray for God to open up our ears because today, this day, may be your Emmaus moment. I love the story of the road. I love the story of the room further on in Luke 24. Jesus then appears to his disciples. And while among them, he says, look at my hands. And look at my feet. It's me. Touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones. Jesus even, even goes on to say, listen, uh, give me something to eat. I, I think it's funny. Maybe he was hungry. You know, he's had a lot going on, but maybe he was hungry. But, but I think a lot of us, I want you to know that I'm not a ghost. I'm not uh, an apparition. I am flesh and bones the resurrection of jesus didn't resurrect into a spirit he didn't res resurrect into an idea he didn't resurrect into a mentality he resurrected into a human body the body of jesus was resurrected jesus is saying i'm not a symbol i'm here i'm not just an impression in your mind i'm here i'm not just a kind of a spiritual presence i'm here flesh and bones feel me Today, in the midst of pain, suffering, and confusion, people are looking for hope. I was listening to a podcast yesterday by two people. One was a, a devout Jew, and one is just this guy who's spiritual. And they were talking about this rise of people in this culture today, when everything seems to be topsy-turvy, a rise in a desire for spirituality. And let me tell you that we have to be careful not to get scooped up in this rise of spiritual, spirit, spirituality. As closed-minded as it may sound, Jesus isn't a way. Jesus is the way. 
the story of the room is important because that leads to the story of the mount. Jesus called them and then he blessed them. When Jesus calls you, he blesses you. Many of us are waiting for a blessing that he's already given. Many of us are waiting for God to to call you and to bless you when God has already called you and he's already blessed you. We're we're, we're racking our, our, our prayers and we're praying and we're striving. We're like, God, won't you show yourself to us? He has. God, won't you do something and reveal yourself to me? He has. I mean, he rose from the grave. He died for you and rose from the grave for you. He conquered sin, death, and hell for you. What else does he have to do to show you that he loves you? He's already given you the blessing. Stop looking for something that he's already given you. And then he commissioned them. In Matthew 28, it says this, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I've taught you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Man, the resurrection story is a story of the of the tomb. It's a story of the road. It's the story of the room and the story of the mount. It's a beautiful story. But knowing the story about the resurrection gives you a story to take to the world. If it's just a story that is read and not a story that is lived, it's not really the story that God intends for you. And so I want us to take to pivot now from just understanding the story to understanding your story. How do we pivot the gospel story into your story? For one thing, you need to know that your story is a story that is personal. 1 Corinthians 1.17 says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I love this. The Apostle Paul is saying, listen, he didn't send me to baptize. He sent me to preach the gospel. My job here is to preach the good news, to preach Jesus and Jesus and Jesus. It's not with words that are eloquent, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. In other words, the cross of Christ should be all that we need. And can I just tell you something? As a pastor, an associate pastor of 29 years, holy cow, 29 years now. I mean, I've been part of some of the stuff, okay? I, I, I have done the, the, the whole helicopter egg drop thing twice, okay? I mean, I've done, and that's freaky, okay? And it's awesome. You're like, oh my gosh, Easter Bunny's throwing eggs. I mean, it's great. I mean, I've been part of the cantatas. I was on the first service years ago. I, I become a Christian the first year, and we had this big production, and we had real livestock, okay? We didn't have, like, cutouts. We had a real donkey, okay? And so we paid for this real donkey. Now, our church was brand new, Columbus, Georgia, Morningside Baptist. It was like this big, and this was like in 1992. And so a million-dollar campus, I mean, it was huge. I mean, we didn't even let us have red grape juice 
because we didn't want to stain the carpets. We used white drape, grape juice, no lie, okay? And so that church brought in a real donkey, and no lie, here I am. I've been a Christian less than a year, and I'm up in the sanctuary. This real donkey coming through did what real donkeys do. And I'm up there in the choir loft trying to be holy, going, Bow! trying not to lose my junk. I mean, I'm la laughing my tail off. So I've been part of the big egg drops. I've been part of the big Easter egg hunts. I've been part of the big cantatas. And I get that, and it's wonderful. If you want to be creative, I'm not slamming any churches that want to do that. But I love what Paul said. He's like, listen, I'm not here to do anything else but preach the gospel, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. How in the world is Jesus raising from the dead no longer good enough? That should be good enough for everyone who is a Christian or even curious to come into church and say, okay, tell me about this guy who rose from the dead. Sounds pretty cool. Not only rose from the dead, not as a magic trick, but he did it because he loves you. Man, that's a story worth telling. That's a story worth hearing. That's a story that's personal. Many argue that the saving power covers all humanity. And it should do so without any response on my part. There's some people that believe that Jesus died for the whole earth and we're all kind of sucked into the salvation. But that's not love. Love is a relationship. Christ died for me and so I live for him. The story of the cross is one of love and like all love stories, that story is personal. Your story is personal. Your story is also a story that is true. In a world of fake news, it's easy to become cynical of what is real and what's fabricated. It's easy to become cynical because just so much is thrown at us. What is true and what is hype? A couple of months ago, it was on the news that there may be evidence of UFOs. It was like the third third story of the news holy cow how is that not talked about how i mean how is it not the first thing how did the how did the fox news msnbc cbs how do they not start and say okay okay um holy cow um let's talk about this no it was like the c block of the news like two months ago there was a news report yeah it turns out the united states may have been involved with the whole jfk assassination not even talked about why because there's so much garbage thrown at us i mean it's like you know it's like yeah yeah i guess whatever you know i mean we, we are bombarded with so much junk from the left and from the right we don't even know what to believe anymore and so it's easy to become cynical in this world it's hard to find out what is true and what is hype but as c.s lewis so eloquently put it for Jesus to endure what he did this holy week would mean he could only be one of three options. Jesus was either a liar and that all of those teachings that he shared were lies made up for his monomaniacal purpose of a God complex of enormous proportions. I don't buy that. Well, Sean, do you not think that he has a capacity for lying, that a man would not have capacity for lying like that? No, and I'll tell you why. 
Now, I believe that he may be a liar because he liked being called master. And I believe he may have been a liar because he liked all the adulations. And when people are going, Hosanna, Hosanna, he, that may have been it. But I'm telling you what, the first time that cat of nine tails hit his back, I'd be going, whoa, nope, 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 just joking. Nope. There's no way any lie is big enough to make you go through that, endure that, and endure that. So he's not a liar. C.S. Lewis says if he's not a liar, maybe he's a lunatic. And he believed these things, but he was out of his mind. But that would not explain the miracles. That would not explain Lazarus come forth and a man who is dead now arise. That would not explain, you know, the lame man standing up to walk. That would not explain the man whose eyes were closed and now can see. So if he's not a liar and he's not a lunatic, C.S. Lewis proposes... The only other solution, the only thing you can bring yourself is to surrender to the idea that he is indeed Lord. The message of the resurrection is an earth-changing event in history that did happen. It was true. It was real. There's more evidence to, to, to support that Jesus was who Jesus was than, was, than Shakespeare was who Shakespeare was. Jesus was real. The evidences are real. The story is true. The story is personal. The story is true. And finally, the story is hopeful. Today, we're experiencing Easter in very, very weird times. Times of confusion. Times of fear. Times of worry. A time where hope is called for. We're not alone. Because you see, that first Easter, that first Easter morning was pretty weird. The disciples were confused. The disciples were worried. They were scared. They were, what in the world? This guy that we've been following, now he's dead. He's in a tomb. And they're freaking out. What is it going to mean for them? That morning... They were confused. That morning they were scared. That morning they were worried. But you see, when Jesus revealed himself after the resurrection, when Jesus said, here I am, feel me, touch me, I'm real, there came peace. Because he's the prince of peace. And there came hope. You see, the gospel, the good news, replaces confusion with truth. The good news of Jesus replaces fear with facts. The good news of Jesus replaces worry with worship. This resurrection story is more than just an event in history. It's a personal love story. It's a personal love story to the world that declares, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Church, this is a story worth telling. It's a love story. A love story from God to you. I would like to lead us in a time of reflection and prayer. So if you would just allow every head to be bowed and every eye closed. I would just ask you allow the Holy Spirit to 
open your eyes and ears this morning. Is this the day? Is this your Emmaus Road moment? Is this the day when the Lord opens your eyes? Is this the day when the, the story becomes your story? Is this the day you're willing to acknowledge the love that Jesus has for you? Is this the day that you're willing to relinquish your control to Jesus? Jesus.